Hack Attack and Pharaoh, episode four. It's a special episode. I'm very excited about this episode because with me in studio is the lovely, distinguished Sarah Dean. Hello. Hello. The beautiful Pharaoh. Timeless Pharaoh. beauty. Look at that jawline. <laughs> Look at that five o'clock shadow. Look at this man. It's amazing. He's a handsome man. He is a handsome man uh, by any standards, cultural, international. Absolutely. A little overweight, but I'll get there. <laughs> oh, no, no. Not at all. So, but you're looking very cute. You have this uh, hat. Uh, Thank I you. love this. It was it's a wide brim sort of felt hat. Yes. Very gauche. Very. It's wintry, you see, because it's got it's like fluffy. It's like kind of. I do see this. Felty or something. I love <laughs> some sort of felt material. <laughs> now, you said you would be fashionably late. You weren't. You were annoyingly on I time. I was twelve oh eight. That's were you? Late. Yeah. Oh, in my world, that's on time. Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. So a lot of people, you know, there's there's three types of people. There's the people that early is on time, on time is late. Yes. There's the people that are just on time. Yeah. And then there are the people that have a 10-minute buffer. Yes. And Jason is a 10-minute buffer person. I love that. Oh, yeah, it's so annoying. It's, it's the hack clock. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah. So it's set, you know, some people set their clocks ahead. I don't know anybody yeah. that sets their clock behind. I, what would be the purpose? Yeah, of doing right. That, that yeah. just sounds just ridiculous. Exactly, yeah. but I, I'm pretty sure Jason's is probably what. How, what's what's your clock set for? You know, I'm on my own internal clock, <laughs> and it's funny. Yesterday, I was snowboarding with one of my Aussie buddies, and he's a nutty professor like me. He's he's late to life. He'll be late to his own funeral, and. <laughs> I noticed that his clock in his car was 11 minutes fast and thinking I'd be a hero and, oh, he's so disorganized, I'll help him out. I took out my phone to confirm the correct time and I set it to the right, to the right time. time. <laughs> 11 minutes fast, that's bad. And later on I said, oh, incidentally, Peter, I, I fixed your clock. He's like, you did what, mate? I said, I fixed your clock. You did not just fix my clock. Mate, that's how I r run my life yeah. is make sure it's 11 minutes fast so I can get places on time. And I'm like, you got to set it back. And I'm like, he was like panicked. And I'm like, are you serious? He's like, no, I'm not kidding. Set it back. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh my God. But you were on time in my book. Thank you. You look Thank adorable. You. Yeah. And why do I know you? How do I know you? Hmm. You are my stylist, my hair stylist. Yes. My stylist. How, first of all, how do I look? How's my hair? You're, well, you have a beanie on. Okay, so. let me ask you about this. All right. So, 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 my, my last, I'm growing my hair out. I'm really going for the yeah, length. And, yeah. and the last time you cut my hair, or no, second to last time you cut my hair, mm -hmm. you said hats are out, like baseball caps with a very crisp crown oh, right. because it can put a kink in the, in the hairline. Right. But beanies are okay, right? Because beanies are my best friend. I mean, you can't, I can't tell you to not wear beanies, especially in the wintertime, you, you know? Sure. But I think it's just like the closest. Yeah, so your hair looks great. We're getting length well, there. I was nervous. I was but nervous because I mean I knew you were coming, so, so I you just threw a beanie on. Well, no, I tried to make it nice. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Beanies are my best friends right now, but I'm really trying to go for like the Kurt Cobain. It's gonna be yeah. the, the back's gonna be the nape of the neck, and I'm gonna have a long part down the front, like probably down to here. Yeah. She said it'd take a year. Yeah, for sure. Well, your hair grows about a half an inch a month. That's so, so. slow. If you want to get six inches, you know, I mean, if you want to get six inches, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta give it time. You do. It's not just going to pop up. It's not. 
Okay, so I do have a question here of yeah. the styling of Jason. Yeah. Now, were you okay? You, I don't think you were, but were you the one that cut his long hair the first time? Oh, no. Mm. no, that's no. yeah. I was with you. I didn't think so. Okay, so how long have you was been that his? Before you met me. <coughs> yes. Okay. He used to have hair down past his shoulders. I mean, he was. Okay. Yeah, your hair was. Yeah. You're, I'm trying to remember what your hair looked like when you came to first see me in sport clips. I'm shocked. You don't remember everything about my hair. I'm sorry. It was like five years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. So five years. That's, that okay, was my wait, next let's, question. Let's do the timeline. It was, I started sport clips in 2016. I was there 20, fall of 2016 to fall of 2017. And so then he moved with you. No. <laughs> This is a funny story. Essentially, yes. Yeah. Tell, tell, uh, hey, when you find a good hairstylist, you hold on to her like grim death. Yes. After a two-year gap. Hey, Not don't hold that against me. You, I don't. I'm <laughs> you learned your lesson. You had to find her. <laughs> she was hiding from you. No one, no one can run from the hack attack. Right. He, is, he is an experienced wilderness tracker. He is. So. He used the World and, Wide Web you know, to find me the after wilderness. two years. Because here's the story. I... I ended hair school. Well, I went to cosmetology school, right? So I I was mainly doing women's hair in school. And they tell you, you know, color's the way you're going to make the most money. And um, it's not. So anyway, towards the end of my time at school, I decided I wanted to go into barbering. But I didn't have much experience with men's cuts. So mm. I decided to... Go to sport clips because I knew I'd get a bunch of men's cuts under my belt, you know. So I, but I didn't want to be there forever because you know you can climb the ladder there, <laughs> become assistant manager, Powerful. manager, power hungry, you know. <clears throat> no, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to end up, you know, at a cool barbershop downtown. So I made a goal for myself to be there for only a year, and that's exactly what I did. And I met Jason in that year, and um, then at the end of the year, I got a job at Garrett Michael Barbershop. And so my price for my haircuts went from what, 22 or 28 to like, oh, yeah. I think I started out 35 or 40 there. And Jason was like, ah, I love blood. you, but. Well, here's the thing. I was also intimidated <laughs> by the beard factor. You were, it was oh, like, yeah, that was it, it was like a beard shop, like bearded men only type it barber was, shop. Okay, it is not only bearded all, men. All but. the shots you put on our Instagram were like lumberjacks, <laughs> Paul Bunyan beards down to their navels. And I'm like, I can't even, I don't even have a full pattern here. Those are the men that go to barber shops. Right. They really but, are. They got, they love getting the beard trim, right? Also men who love straight razor shaves and who are right. clean shaven. So it's yeah. a, it's a place for all. But that's, that's where my my uh, brother-in-law has a beautiful cloth of hair mm. and the man takes care of it relentlessly. Mm. I mean, he has products out the wazoo and I the same that. for his beard. Yes. Right? And he is the man. He goes to barbershops. He's had he's had some epic stories about barbershops. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I, I can envision your clientele right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've gone to one of the swank barbershops. I've done it once, I think. And okay. it was in New York. And okay. it was the guy that you know, shave Joe Montana and all these other celebrity <laughs> big shots. That's and cool. He was, he's Russian. Yeah. Russian he, barber. He annihilated my neck because my, my, my hair grows in like eight different directions, right? Oh, see, so, there's an art to shaving. Right? Yes, the you art gotta, of shaving. You got to follow. That's where I went was the, the art of shaving. Was it really? Yeah. <laughs> 
in the bed. Yeah, you got to know which way to shave against, you know, the hair, the grain of hair. You don't want to go against it. You can go with it or side to side, you know, but you don't want to go against it. That's where you're going to get yeah. torn up. Oh, I get torn up all the time. Dang. <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, sorry. We're back. We're back to the epic story of Jason. J- you guys parted so yes. ways. We parted ways for a couple of years. It was heartbreaking. I was. It wasn't my choice. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. Basically, you're saying he could have taken all that stuff that he takes to the consignment shop and gets credit for. Or do you get cash for that stuff? Anyway, he pawns stuff all the time. He could have pawned something exactly. to, like a VCR. You could have pawned a VCR. You had and probably a VCR got a haircut pawn? from her. <laughs> Sarah's worth a VCR pawn okay. at the very least. Thank you. Maybe Blu-ray player. Thanks. <laughs> so, <laughs> I found you. Well, let's see. I kind of I'm interested to hear like what made you come back to me? Okay. What was Okay, let's hear it. Okay. This. So, uh, when you find a good hairstylist, all right, first of all, I go to Sport Clips and I get butchered one time. Of course you do. I, I no, no, no. So uh, until I met Sarah. So, one time I went and I told this girl, I just want it, you know, really textured longer on the top, shorter on the, shorter on the sides and off the ear. She took off the ear to mean like she put like a half inch of like buzz over my ears. I looked like a 90s NBA player. It was horrendous. And we were talking and I was sort of, she had a really annoying voice, I remember. And, I, and we were talking and I'm kind of like, oh, all right, I'll just. I'll be, I'll be talkative to kind of like make the time pass. And I stopped paying attention to what she was doing. Oh, no. She's like, here, ch- look in a mirror. And I'm like, what? What'd you do? I look like Dennis Rodman. I was like, what? What was that? What's it? Like, well, you said off the air. I'm like, what? That doesn't mean. What? No. Yeah. I like, couldn't believe it. Oh, no. I was mortified. I was walking around like covering my ears for uh, four weeks. I was, I was humiliated. Yeah, this, is, this goes to show you the importance of a consultation. Let's communicate about what you want before I start snipping your hair off. You so know? Jason's pretty good about. So this is what he did when he got his long locks. For those of you that don't know, Jason looked like the Beastmaster for a long time. Uh, but he got his hair chopped off and he researched what he needed his new hair to be. So he brought in oh. a picture of Eric Bana, right? On the cover of Men's Health, which is what he read avidly during our actor training okay, classes. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, it would be great. He'd have his Men's Health magazine in his binder so the teacher couldn't see, but then he'd start falling asleep and the binder would slowly drop down to his lap. And then she'd Whoops. go, What are you doing? Uh, but yeah, so he, he would research it. Did he never do this with you? He never brought in pictures or anything? Uh, he's brought pictures yeah me. yeah you do actually yeah like, do this yeah. to me he's like this this is the look i'm going for and i'll do what you can same, with my same. hair how, so, how do you so get me there she would yeah. do it she would I, I i she's fun she's bubbly she cut my hair awesome i was always happy with her haircuts when she left sports clips i was gutted then she went to the beard boutique i'm like i'm not bearded <laughs> it's like seventy five thousand dollars a self-conscious thing <laughs> oh, oh man so we went on hiatus and after a while I couldn't stand it anymore. <laughs> and I tracked you down. Actually, Rona. Rona made me track you down. Oh, that's right. So that's right. Rona hit. There's no barber shops. There's no styles. So you can't get a haircut. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I bet Sarah is cutting out of home. Because look, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a hunter. I only eat what I kill. You're a hunter. You only eat what you kill. Yep. 
Yep. If you if if if, if look, no no, no. say 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 <laughs> same thing. Sa- same thing though. I, I I'm a trainer and my gym got closed down. Mm-hmm. You're a stylist. Mm-hmm. Barbershops got closed down. Yeah. So either you find a way to work independently from home or you're screwed. You're going to starve. Exactly. So yep. I think I say to myself, I says, I bet she is cutting hair at home. I reach out to her. She's like, yeah, when can I see Absolutely. you? Yeah. It was kismet. It's funny. It was kismet. And um, funny that you, I mean, you just kind of knew th- that. I mean, because <laughs> you're so well, smart. Apparently hunters but, know one another. They can right. smell each other out. I don't. I don't know how that works. I'm it's funny because it wasn't even. I'm the. I'm the prey. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a gatherer. I gather. Yeah, I don't even know what you do for a living. I, what do you I do? Gather. You are a gatherer. A professional gatherer. Corn seeds. Great. Corn. Berries. <laughs> Berries. Nuts. Okay. Chippendale. Yes. That's me. <laughs> You gather things in your cheeks. Yeah. (laughs) So I've had like two or three different haircuts in in your home during Rona. And now you're back. uh, Now I'm back in a shop. And I went to the one at 9th and 9th. And you didn't like it. And now you're in another one. You're like a gypsy hairstylist. You just move. I just float. Nomadic. Yeah. yeah. You got to find the environment that fits you best. You know, like I, Mm -hmm. it actually wasn't even coronavirus that got me into house calls. I was asked to manage a barbershop that was supposed to open um, in February of last year. And um, so I, I had actually quit Garrett Michael to go do that in December of 2019. And then, uh, but then actually because, so I guess it is kind of related to COVID because of, you know, construction delays and then coronavirus that I don't even think the shop is open now. Um so then, and the owner and I ended up not agreeing on a lot of things. So we, we kind of parted ways because of that ultimately. And, um, which turned out to be for the better. Um, I think, cause it just let me, it allowed me time last year to just kind of float and do my own thing. And my, I have such a great clientele. They just, <coughs> a great clientele. Thank you, Jason. <sighs> they just kept me afloat and were so supportive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no gatherers allowed. No, just hunters. We could smell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> we can see in the dark, man. We know when there's a gatherer in yeah. the room. Yes. We sniff them out. Okay. So where are you now? I'm at Garrett Michael Barbershop. Okay. You're... So, okay. So okay. I, so I quit there 2019 and then, um, did my own thing last year, mainly doing house calls for my clients, going to their okay. homes or having them come up to my home in Layton. And, um, yeah, then, you know, in the fall of last year, I was kind of like, ah, I'm really kind of done driving around everywhere. It would be nice to be just kind of planted in one spot. Make them come to you. Exactly. Yeah. And shops were opening back up, you know, with COVID and everything. So I decided to check out curriculum and hipster name. Curriculum. curriculum. Yeah. Syllabus. It was good training grounds for me. I learned a lot about what I want in a shop and what the I don't want in don'ts. a shop. Yes. The crazy thing about this shop is they sold Stetsons, Stetson cowboy hats yeah. on display on a wall. They have a lot of really cool retail stuff. They have candles from France for that, for like $500 and like, you know, cool sweaters and like, um, did you have a lot of cowboys come in? No, but we had people who wanted yeah, to spend money on something spend, cool. I'm going to get me a know? Stetson hat. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even your real accent, is it? Nope. <laughs> no, sir. I'm, I'm from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
No, yeah. it, was, it was hipster as fuck. It was very hipster, and but the the problem for me was I I, I really appreciated you know the environment, but it was cool as half retail, half barber shop, but. You know, and that was at ninth and ninth. Ninth and ninth. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That's a mm-hmm. ninth and that ninth area. kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. shop. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was great, but it just didn't. F- it wasn't fitting for me. I have a question about the hipster culture. Yeah, <laughs> which is I don't know if I have much well, information. What about I that, what but. I ran into when I was bartending um, back east was the hipsters. They love the expensive stuff. Yes, but they're all broke as hell. <laughs> So they pay for the expensive stuff, but then they don't have any money for tip. Was this uh, your was? Did you run into any of this? There were pretty low tippers there. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Compared to what I just I just have Garrett Michael to compare to, and I was pff, no problem getting tipped like that. Stacks. No problem. Yeah. So low, low tippers and, low and tippers. their price point was lower than what I was charging, you know. And so anyway. All right. I'm going to expose you for a second. Uh, okay. Are you ready to be exposed? Yeah, sure. I'm going to ask you. Okay. Are you? Okay. No. First of all, <laughs> when I was telling her, hey, I want to interview you. I want, the, I want you on the show. She asked me something. She said, can I be stoned? Oh, God. Because she, <laughs> she said, if I'm stoned. Yeah. I'll be relaxed. I open up more. I become mm-hmm. chatty. So are you currently under the influence of any sort of psychedelic and or otherwise drug? Yes. I, Wonderful. I took one hit of of cannabis nice. before I came over easy here. It's, it's like a whole it's a whole process that I have. I actually include hoppe. I don't know if you guys know what hoppe no. is. I'm um, extremely interested. Yeah, it's it's a. It's a tobacco or it's a snuff. It's a natural oh, snuff. Oh, right. Yes. That like, like shamans use it before ceremony mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it has really calming effects. This it's is a ceremony? This is, sure. <laughs> 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 no, I do it before meditating. It gets me into that meditative state. What we're state praising and, and what our faith is. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> we're we'll ceremonial is what we are. Yes. Sarah. Right, we're going to jump right into the drug thing. Okay. Yeah, I do have a, just, just some. Just a little background. See, we got the hairstylist part, but where are you from originally? I'm from Utah. I grew up in okay. uh, Cottonwood Heights mostly. Okay. Moved around a little bit when I was a teenager. Gotcha. Um, we were in Oklahoma from age like 12 to 15. Ooh. In Missouri. Fr- yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma and Missouri. Why? Well, my stepdad's job. He worked for car dealerships and uh, they, w- I know the look on your face. I <laughs> trust me. I know oh I God. live there. I have family in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, I've driven do. through Can't Missouri go. several times. Yeah. All City's horrible. Fun. Kansas City. Kansas fun. City is cool. Yeah. I do like Kansas City. So I lived an hour north of Kansas City in a teeny okay. town called Plattsburgh population, you know, like twenty five hundred. So, so wait, he moved there to be a car salesman. We worked in Kansas City. Oh, he just okay. liked living in the boonies. In the so boonies, we found. You so know, you poor thing had to live in the boonies. I was pissed as would, a yeah. city city teenage girl, you know. But I ended up really loving it. Oh, pissed cool. going in, coming out on the other side. Like, don't okay. leave! Don't make me leave this place. I love it. It was great. But um, came back here when I was seventeen. Moved in with grandma and finished high school at Brighton. So okay. I've been back ever since. Oh, for any law enforcement officers, she sh- does commute from Colorado. Right. So don't try and bust into her house. Exactly. She doesn't live here. <laughs> she doesn't live in state. You'll never catch her live, coppers. No. <laughs> 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 All right. We're going to talk right 
about drugs. We're jumping right into the drug jumping, things. Jumping into drugs. All right. <laughs> all all, all uh, disclaimers aside. Yes. So your trip, and I mean that as pun intended, the psychedelic retreats and mm-hmm. this, this, the, the healing that mm-hmm. you take part in. Tell me about this. Because mm. during in the midst of our haircuts, she has told me all about like acid is healing, right? Mm-hmm. LSD. Talk to me about this and the company and this philosophy. Okay. Well, there's no company, but there's, okay. I've had a lot of ideas floating around, like, because I found, I have personally found healing through psychedelics. And, and in that, you know, I had this feeling, this gut feeling, this urge inside of me to share it with people. Wow. Because I feel like it's such a, it's a, such a profound way to heal versus how the man wants you to heal with doctors and and prescriptions and um you know uh, go I have, there i have a whole soapbox soapbox away let me get it for you we'll we'll take the soapbox away when only because of time but yeah. you feel the need to get on the soap you do it okay yeah shout it loud shout it proud so Woo! start in the beginning so okay. you, you I, I see a change in you you seem deeply moved already so i am it's it it's very personal to me because i i experienced it starts with, you know, my experience with Mormonism and, um, and other traumas that I had in my life, you know, um, I, I was so just kind of unfulfilled living the Mormon lifestyle. Um, I was a stay at home mom for a lot of years and I loved that. I loved my kids obviously, but like I, I also was, I was unfulfilled. I wasn't doing self-care things. I wasn't doing things for me. And I also deep down subconsciously was like, I, this Mormon lifestyle is just like not me, but I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so going against myself internally, like for years that, that does damage, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And, um, so, uh, and when I was a teenager, I, I messed around. With, I d- drank, you know, like a typical sure. teenager does. And yeah. I tried marijuana for the first time when I was, sorry, cannabis for the first time. Is when, marijuana a dirty word? Yeah. Teach our listeners. Appar- apparently some people get, I don't know, offended or rubbed the wrong way if they call marijuana. I don't, I don't really know. Offend I'm away. i trying to be PC, you know, cannabis. Be, be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> cannabis. The THC yes. drug. Um, 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 you're experimenting. uh, Yeah. I was experimenting as a, as a teenager. I didn't really like cannabis as a teenager. I am, but, um, like 18 years old, I tried it and was kind of like, Oh, this is kind of fun, but I didn't really need it. You just should not partake, you know, before age 21 in my good disclaimer well while the brain is still developing the frontal cortex is still developing right as a teenager and that's why uh if you experiment with drugs that early you are preconditioning your brain for addiction exactly life that's my psa yeah absolutely and i i can attest to that 100 percent. where were you when i was four (laughs) (laughs) oh johnny when you really started getting deep you know yeah moonshine in the crib yeah He had a corn still in those Oklahoma hills right. running from the cops. Sure. The first time I got drunk, I was four. This is a lie. What? That's for real. Did your parents do that to help you go to sleep? <clears throat> no, no. Uh, my parents had the guns? Yeah. My, my parents had a party. 
and <laughs> people were setting down their champagne glass or their drink glasses and i was thirsty apparently so i was walking around you know doing little tasters and then at the end of the party <laughs> i i informed my parents that i did not feel good <clears throat> and my dad oh my, my dad aptly called out that oh he's drunk and started laughing <laughs> my mom did not find it as funny no i would not but then uh let's see when did i get drunk again i got drunk again when i was like 10 or 11 so what five six those are the rough years <laughs> you really got he show up nude to parties it's yeah, all about conditioning that. <laughs> it's just like working out. he wouldn't share yeah. he uh wouldn't color well you know he but I, but I love this i i love this um the healing aspects of this yes. and i and i'm sorry i interrupted you That's there okay um with the talk of the 21 you know and under but i think you're absolutely right i think that the bodies are still developing obviously the brain's still developing but uh please keep going absolutely so you experimented some normal stuff in the teenage years so when i moved from oak or sorry missouri back to utah in 2003 lived with my grandma who's staunch lds right and um she says you're welcome to live here but you're gonna go to church and you're gonna go to seminary and you're gonna go to attend the temple and like all this stuff and i was honestly i had moved around so much i went to three different middle schools four different high schools i was just happy to just be settled and i felt at home back in utah so i was like sure i'll do that anything you want yeah yeah, so um, got back into church and then um, uh, got married in the temple at 19. 19 years old, you're mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. And you what, you re- married a return missionary, mm-hmm. did the right thing, all yes, that shit? Yes, exactly. Yes. Did you meet him in college? Or? No, I actually met him when I was 14 through um, my cousins. I was living in Oklahoma at the time, came back here to visit for the summer, and they were churchgoers, you know, and so it, they were in the same ward and yeah, just met him through cousins. And then we kept in touch on and off throughout the years. But ultimately, I mean, it was like when email was barely invented. Right. So right. <laughs> like phone call here and there, but ultimately lost touch. When I moved back in 03, he was on his mission and I was like, oh, I wonder where this guy is. And my cousins were like, oh, he's on his mission. Here's his address and you can write to him. So we rewrote for the last little okay. bit of his mission. Oh, yeah. it's so corny. <laughs> sometimes I feel like. Sometimes I feel like. I mean, I I have a lot of great Mormon friends, so yeah. they know I'm not being offensive for. But sure. Um, sometimes it feels like <laughs> the missionary is in prison for two years. And yeah. Pen pal. <laughs> so write me, won't you? I'll never forget you. That's exactly right. <laughs> so please they are. Them. let them know that they have something to come home to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God, when I get out, baby, yeah. I need to see you. Yeah. So he got home. We were married less than a year later. Oh my God. And why'd you wait so long? I know it was so long. Um, That's so young. That's crazy. So I went from this like, and mind you, okay, I, after after high school, right after high school, I actually went back and lived in Texas with my parents, my Good mom, Lord. and my mom and my stepdad for like six months. Ended up getting in a really bad, getting in with a bad group of human beings, and I shouldn't say bad. That's not, people who are into things that I'm not into anymore. <laughs> so PC. Yeah. <laughs> there are bad people. Hitler was a bad yeah. person. Eh, they're not Hitler it's all bad. those Mormons with their chocolates and no. their candies <laughs> and malt shakes. Goddamn jello puddings and yeah. salads. Yeah. 
<laughs> with get cheese. you hooked on that diabetes. Yes, diabetes. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I forgot where I was going with this. You guys are tangenting. Yeah, I was down. Okay, down in Texas. Yes. So started doing like, like I experimented with cocaine for the first time when I was eighteen. How was that? <laughs> that I definitely think you should not be doing until at least twenty-five. It's like right. working a car, really. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Pharaoh, for that PSA. I happen to agree with him. Yeah. Cocaine. Yeah, that's one of those that I, I don't know. It's like try it a f- couple times if you want to, but ultimately it's not going to get you anywhere. It's like it, it's just a, a money pit. Is all cocaine is. <laughs> yeah. It, you know. It like, does, yeah. Those those eight balls get pretty spendy pretty quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> goddamn fixer upper is a money pit. Yeah, it's not my favorite. So it's like buying a Fiat or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it looks cool. But goddamn it. But it's going to nickel and dime to death. Yeah. So so going from that to back into Mormonism lifestyle like overnight kind of thing. Um then I did the whole I was totally clean, no drinking, no drugs, no nothing from age uh 18 19 to 28 wow uh, so this is like the duration of your i'm a good mormon housewife right, life right what changed that <laughs> well i what okay i wanted i wanted to know so you were you got married yeah but you had been clean for uh, about a year or so before uh, you got married. Before I, yeah, before I, I mean, came back and, um, let's see. Let me get my timeline time right. Came back um, the end of 2004 from Texas. Started dating my ex-husband. And then, and that's when I got clean. It was oh, moving okay. back. So moving back here. And starting, you know. Starting afresh. Starting yes. new. So got clean and then, yeah, was clean from December 2004 to, um, did the June or July of 2000, maybe a couple of Coca-Colas here and there. No, 14. Yeah. Uh, Actually, actually. Okay. I did in my Mormon years sneak a few coffees (gasps) and, and did you tell your bishop, my God. No, I didn't tell him about the coffee. I did sneak. Get the fuck out of I had an aunt that I was really close to, and she... She carried an ankle flask coffee? (laughs) (laughs) Ankle flask coffee, (laughs) She's like, here, sneaking me some in the (laughs) sacrament meeting. It's that that outline of the flask cut into the Book of Mormon. (laughs) And then you just see him tipping it back. Like, it's okay as long as God doesn't know. Right. Oh, God. (laughs) I had a, I did have a couple beers here and there just with a family member who I trusted, you know, and, and I did feel a little guilty, but it was kind of towards the end of my, my time in Mormonism when I was like, I just have so many questions and they're not really being answered in ways that make sense to me. So I'm just questioning everything, you know, like why, why can't pray, go pray it off. Go pray. (laughs) No, what I got was. Sometimes we're given commandments just to prove that we can, you know, obey. Oh, God. So, like, why why can't I drink coffee? It's a fucking bean that comes from the earth. Why can't... Which God made the earth, supposedly, right? So, why can't I partake in coffee? See, that's so funny. 
Because I got a great explanation from a guy one time. You did? Was, yes. Uh, let's he, hear it. He was talking about how it originally, and from his understanding of it, as a Mormon person and a missionary, you know, he'd done the whole shebang. Yeah. Was that coffee and tea, back when the Book of Mormon was written, were packaged very poorly in like lead tins or something oh, like that. And so the coffee was literally bad for you. Oh. It was not good for you. The way that it was packaged for mass marketing or back whatever. Then. So okay. yeah, so back then it was okay. it was not good, which I think is why I mean, cuz Mormons, I mean, the way some of them dip into the candy and the sweets. Yes. Like that's bad for you. It's Do we so not get that? Or or the ones that drink sodas. It's that like was sodas a- worse for you than coffee. Once I started learning about health, like in my early twenties, you know, and I'm in yeah. mid twenties, um, I spent I spent some time being overweight. I've actually lost a hundred pounds. And nice. um I, yeah, starting learning about health and nutrition, I'm like, wait a minute, it's okay to have all this sugar and diet coke. But you stay away from that beer. Yeah, but I can't have coffee. This makes zero, and I can't have tea that are herbs. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm going to follow the rules because that's what I'm supposed to do. So... (sighs) Yeah, no. So, which is really interesting, and I'm going to try and segue it back to what Jason, you know, was talking about. So, um, when did you start to learn more about or start to study more about psychedelics mm. and and those as far mm-hmm. as you know nutrition goes, as far as you know the health benefits of these things? Okay, so let's see. The I first well. I learned about the healing properties of cannabis through a family member, aunt and uncle, who are amazing. Um, and they, I just thought it was some, I don't know, just some drug. I, I don't know, but that was fun to do, you know, and <laughs> listen to Pink Floyd and you know <laughs> what I mean? Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was that, you know, just to chill out, chill out, you know, but um, yeah, learning from them that actually helps with anxiety and depression and, um, and then experiencing anxiety and depression majorly, especially leaving Mormonism. And I, I left the church, left my ex-husband and started hair school all within like 30 days of each other. What compelled you to leave your husband? How'd that go down? Um, you know, when we first got married, we were babies. Yeah, we were young. Yeah, crazy. he was 21. I was 19. And he, you know, we talked about what we wanted to do for our future, you know, and he wanted to, he had plans to go to um, medical school and high aspirations to become a PA or something. And and then he just couldn't stay. Then we got pregnant really young. I was 21 when we had our son. And, um, so he was feeling the stress of like providing for a family, but he's also trying to get through school and it was too much for him to handle. So he ended up like he would, he would, um, take semesters here and there at slick, you know, but ultimately like, I don't think, I think he still even doesn't have his associate's degree. So it it just was a, a constant like, but he also wanted me to stay home with our kids, you know, and it made sense to me too. Like, I don't want to work to pay somebody else to raise my kids. I was happy to stay home, but I'm also like, I don't want to live like a broke college student for the rest of our lives. You know, like (sighs) I was just getting 
over the years built up impatience. Like, come on. And I would talk to him. I gave him, I tried to help him as best as I could, you know, like let's sit down and let's, I'll help you sign up for classes. I actually helped him find the job that he's worked his way up and is still in wow. today, you know? So, <laughs> so it just was frustration of like being broke all the time and then not believing. I mean, our foundation was like the church and cause he, he really helped me through some emotional things that I was going through, um, coming back into Mormonism and the, you know, the guilt that you feel for all Ugh. these things that you've done, you guilt. know, Bad but Catholic guilt. Yeah. It's the, it's about the same, I think. God. <laughs> but, um, anyway. So all around the same time. Yeah. You leave your husband. I left my husband. You leave the church. Left the church. And you're embracing more of a psychedelic drugs as okay. human culture. <laughs> well, so. And you started cosmetology school. or Started cosmetology you're school. going down the hair path, the righteous yeah. hair path. The righteous hair life. path. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It, I, I feel like I kind of, after I left the church, I realized like, Oh, there's, it's no holds bar. <laughs> Life is free. Life is free. I've got options. And I feel like I kind of subconsciously reverted back to 18 year old me who was going down a party path, you know, circled back. Yeah. I kind of circled back and I hit, I kind of hit rock bottom. Wow. Um, and ended up getting into some pretty hardcore drugs. Like what? Um, I started out with crack. Oh, wow. And where was this? Oklahoma. Oklahoma where the crack comes rippling down the street Oklahoma where the crack is bright and treats you right and if you've ever been to Oklahoma you have to forgive anybody there that does crack yeah Oklahoma was actually where I did the least amount of drugs surprisingly because even drug dealers don't want to go to Oklahoma. Right. There's nothing. <laughs> trying to save up to get the fuck yeah. out. Okay. So so you, you you have dangerous liaisons and forays into crack. Right. And that I graduated met, to what? Met a guy that, um, you know, introduced me to those things. And then um, started out with crack and then heroin. Wow. The hard mm-hmm. stuff. Real hard. Mm-hmm. How did you get mm-hmm. out of heroin? Because there's no such thing as a lifelong heroin addict. How did you break that? No. Cycle? Yeah. Um, it took me pretty quickly. Like I, I was like selling, pawning my things within a couple yeah. months yeah. of starting to use it, you know, and, and then, but did I you have, smoke it or shoot it. I did both. Yeah. Eventually you first start started, with smoking started and with you smoking always it. say, I'm never going to, I'm never going to shoot I'll it. I'll never be that. And yeah. And then you graduate to inject. And then you're like, and then, if people are around you doing it, you're like, well, I got to try that too. Apparently I don't know. It was not in the right frame of mind. No, you know? I understand. I mean, <laughs> my favorite meetings at the, at the, um, you know, anonymous of the anonymous meetings yeah. are the NA meetings. Yes. Because they're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and part of their preamble was we tried doing different things other than snorting it. We tried, you know, we tried this, we tried that. Of course, we didn't try freebasing. And then they all yell out, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I was God. like, you guys are my people. There I never is. really did hard drugs, but I wish I had. <laughs> Only so I felt like I really belonged in this meeting. Right. Instead, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. Okay, yeah. How, yeah. Did, how did you get out of that cycle? So, 
I have kids. They were a big, a, a big um, motivator for me to turn my life around. I, so I ended up sick. I woke up. Well, my boyfriend at the time and I, we had just, we were on it back to back to back. There was like, at first it was like every other weekend we'd do it. And then every weekend and then not you know this is a hobby this is recreation like this is a lifestyle every day it became it became it became became a lifestyle lifestyle. and then i was like i can't do this i'm in hair school i keep missing school i keep having to push off seeing my kids like what the hell am i doing and um so we decided that we were going to taper off but that never works either (laughs) when you're a drug addict trying to taper off i'll do this responsibly yeah no we tried that he ended up just getting really really drunk and needed a detox i needed to detox as well i um i woke up one morning withdrawing i felt like total garbage i thought i was dying um i ended up calling my mom who's you know i, I think she was in texas at the time i'm like mom i have something to tell you <laughs> oh god yeah she didn't it know was horrible she didn't know yeah. no i mean i think my parents had some sort of suspicion they knew i was doing something shady but they didn't really know exactly what it was and they just knew that I was off the grid, pretty much. So you leveled you know? with her. He said, I'm, "Yeah." And I'm to like, say it makes needs to make it real. You said, "I'm I'm a heroin addict." What I, did you say? I I don't remember exactly what I said, but I just said like I I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm dying. I I'm you know have been doing heroin and um <sighs> I yeah I need help. I don't know what to get to do. And what she's she like, say? "You need to go to the hospital." And and she's in Texas. She's probably I can't imagine if my daughter calls me and like Did she cry? Did she what did she do? She stayed pretty calm. Yeah, and it was just like matter of fact, like Sarah, you need to s- I'm like, I don't know if I can move, mom. And she's like, You need to get up and drive yourself to the hospital. Like and if you feel like you can't drive yourself, then call nine one one. But you need to go. And um, Holy shit. Yeah. So I ended up driving myself to the hospital. My mom called my stepmom and my dad who live in Layton and are the best people in the world. Um, they, and I was in Provo at the time. They, they, my mom informed them what had been going Provo's on. Provo's the heroin capital of the world. I understand. Right. <laughs> well, they don't drink there, so they got to figure out something else to do. Fuck it's coffee, not, but heroin yeah. smack dope. Heroin You've fine. got it. Yeah. That's why they call it happy Valley. No, right? it's pain pills. That's what's okay. Down oh, there. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> So they came down and and met me at the hospital and my stepmom is so sweet. She's my dad is he was teetering back and forth between like uh, want to kill you want to kill me and like I'm so so like I love you. You know, I want to help you. My stepmom was just like, honey, you're going to come stay with us. (laughs) Here's how it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah. She's like, we're going to get you better. Okay. Okay. Such a relief. Such a relief because I felt so lost and you feel like you feel so shameful, Mm. you know, like, how did I get to this point in my life? Mm. And I don't want anybody to know. And uh, so she was really, really beautiful. And in her energy about that, you know, she just wanted me to feel safe and loved and welcome and like yes you have an issue but we're gonna help get you better and so i stayed with her and my my dad for a couple months a few months after um and i ended up going to outpatient rehab for 30 days um yeah I, i relapsed one time in relapse is a normal part of recovery yeah it is often necessary it totally 
Totally. It, it it was after that time that I was just like, no, I have kids. I've got to, I've got to shape up my life. And, um, then I just, I just became really, really motivated to do good in school and, um, improve myself so and that I could be a mean haircut. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. Bro. <laughs> there is, so. there is a silver lining more than just psychedelic healing. There's yeah. a silver lining to all this drugs. All, these, all this druggies, all massive drug- amounts of druggies. <laughs> it's how you met your current boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, this is a hilarious story. <laughs> I want to hear this. Tell Pharaoh and I about how you met Eric. Okay. Okay. So, so I, I, I found, you know, people don't have drug addictions just for no reason. Um, there's always some underlying trauma or something. There's an underlying reason, you know. So, and I started to do my own work, um, in my own healing, I found, um, I read the book, how to change your mind by My- Michael Pollan. And is that also known as the book of Mormon. Is that what it is? <laughs> for for psychedelics. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> how to change your mind. He, he's this like guy in his fifties or sixties who has written a whole a slew of other books, you know, but he found psychedelics and found their their healing properties. It's a great book. If you're ever interested in reading about psychedelics and good plug, good plug. Um, <laughs> they, uh, it, anyway, he, he kind of opened my eyes to how it can help with, um, w- healing with traumas. And so I ended up going and having my own experience. I, through working at Garrett Michael, I met someone who, um, I was, I, sometimes you can kind of feel out the person like, oh, I can definitely talk to psychedelics, talk to to you about psychedelics, right? Right, you choose your audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we ended up talking about it and I was just curious about it. I'm still doing my research and he's like, oh, I happen to take people out to the desert to give them psychedelic experiences. And I was like, I'm in, let's do this. So I went down to Coyote Gulch, the most beautiful, amazing spot to do psychedelics for the first time what were they mushrooms shrooms mm-hmm. <laughs> pharaoh's a fan you should have seen I've his never, reaction i've never done shrooms but i assume that if i had i might love them as much as breathing yeah yeah i can cook you up some right now olive oil yeah. bit of minced garlic what do you say absolutely i love on my pizza i love it in my cereal i love it in my oatmeal blended in smoothies you're disgusting pharaoh cures cancer yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so it takes you out to the desert. This sounds a d- epic, like a like a mescaline vision quest out in the yeah. desert or something. So he ta- he takes Similar. you out to the yeah. desert. Take us out to what the desert. Down? It's like, um, you you backpack in, you know, like a mile and a half, and you st- we stay there for two or three nights, I think, two nights. Um, and the way that it, it just was presented, like really, it's not like a we're going to a party to do shrooms it's it's like no this is a something that can help heal you and healing in the group environment is really profound as well and you find that through on you know in your psychedelic journey your interactions with these people are what heal you it's pretty Mm -hmm. amazing um so i met and connected with a couple people one person in particular oh he's just like my favorite one of my favorite human beings i'll have to tell stories about dave sometime but he came over right in the middle of our trip and he's like he just was 
he's this really fun, happy energy and just really uplifting and encouraging yeah. all the time, you know, and he, he comes over and he's rolling around like a monkey in the sand <laughs> and he, he does a somersault flips up to me and he goes, I want to share a moment with you. <laughs> and Can like, we, do you have a minute? I want to share. He's something. like, I want to look at, do you want to look into each other's eyes? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Damn. So we have this, and when you're on psychedelics, have you ever done that? Looking into someone's eyes? It's like, it's like an eternal mirror like this. And about this. Yeah. I do it all the time in acting. <laughs> I wish I had psychedelics for some of the scene partners I've worked with. Jason. <laughs> I've looked into Johnny's soul and I've liked what I've seen. <laughs> I think I've looked into this guy's eyes for like half hour blocks at a time. They're, they're, Eye gazing is amazing. Look, they're they're almond shaped cat like eyes. Hazel. They are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can yeah, you kind of have a Joe Rogan vibe to me, actually. Yeah, yeah. he does. <laughs> I will Looking take into your that. eyes, I yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah. He's got like these lovely almond-shaped. He does. Eyes. Anyway, so so really profound healing experience. Going into the desert, doing psychedelics for the first time, and I just was like, <gasps> came back to my life. I'm like, this is amazing. I feel amazing. I feel like I have a lot of work to do. I think my main thing at that time was like how do I be a better mom to my kids? Mm -hmm. And um, because I was raised in, my parents did their best, God love them. But there was a lot of fighting, a lot of arguing. There was a lot of fear-based parenting, you know, and I'm like, don't want that for my kids. But you, but you repeat what you know, right? You right. repeat what you grew up with. So yeah, it's like ingrained in your brain. Like, so then I'll, I would catch myself like, like I, you know, yelling at my kids or being short tempered with them. And I'm like, this is, there's got to be a better way, you know? So I really wanted to just kind of dig into my subconscious and like, okay, how do I be a better mom? And then I, I, um, yeah. And then it opened up the possibilities to like, oh, I'm rethinking everything that I do ever. You know what I mean? Cause it, it kind of, um, it, it, it hits the brakes, it puts the pause button on your, um, the repetitions mm. that you have every single day, like how you, and you rethink everything. And, and the way that you talk about the way that you speak and the terms that you use, are they positive terms? Are they wow. like, are they, um, negative, negative so or really looking inside being introspective yeah. and self-aware? Yes, totally. Um, so this leads up to how you, uh, <laughs> how I met her. This is right. a trip. Right. She told me it's on a haircut and I could barely hold still. I was laughing well, so hard. Okay. But also I feel like there, there are some other stories that help build up to the meeting of build Eric it, too. It. Oh man. I don't know how, how much time do we have? Cause I'm, <laughs> <laughs> we got time. Okay, we got time. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do this. Okay. So I was in a four year relationship. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so how to tell us an order. Yeah. I believe yeah. if I'm jumping ahead to a punchline is when you flew to Hawaii and did not get married. Right. Oh my God. Right. That, that's a good story. <laughs> that end the relationship because no, and then you guys flew then. back. <laughs> Flew back in separate classes. You were in first. You stuck him in coach. No. Naturally. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah. I want, okay. oh, let's go back. Let's Kay. go back to come forward. Kay. We're going we're to put a pin into how you met your first 
how, how you my met current your current boyfriend, boyfriend. at yes. this psychedelics desert retreat. Yeah, and it's a. Trip. It wasn't that. It was a. It was a women's breathwork retreat. Oh, wait, okay. We're talking about the women's <laughs> breathwork, not Lamont's. Right. Right. You met Eric at a br- women's right. breath. Breath, okay. Yes. Never mind. Just wanted to clarify. Yes. And it wasn't Lamaze. We're going to put a pin in that. We're going to go back to, all right, this four-year okay. relationship culminating in this very dramatic mm-hmm. Hawaii incident. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, okay. So. <laughs> Give us a bullet points. You know, you know, you don't have to <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. drag us through okay. the mud. Yeah. We're not going to do that. No. Um, okay. So long story as short as possible. Um, we, me and my ex fiance, I guess we'll say. Okay. Um, he, we had planned this wedding in Kauai, the Ugh. most, one of the most beautiful places on earth. Oh, love Kauai. Um, we, we invited like 20 of our closest friends and family members to come to our wedding on Hawaii. And it was going to be really simple. We were just going to do like a beach wedding standing up not even not going to do the whole shebang we wanted it to be simple you know um but um i (laughs) ended up uh not doing that but how much do i want to (laughs) get there get there we're gonna get you there there, you're so close you're so close i know okay well there just are some super juicy details Give us that the juicy. I want to be I want to be very careful Give us the juice. <laughs> I want juice it. I want it. I became really close Too with much juice can be deadly. That's exactly I, I right. I believe my personal trainer yeah. told me that juice uh. is a farce. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that was one of the reasons that w- th- it didn't work out with me and my ex-fiance. He was a bodybuilder. He was a bodybuilder. And he was on steroids and all aggro. On and, and off. Yes. Out. Yes. So, like, I got to... <sighs> I got to see some, you know, actual roid rage. And... Um, mm. What would happen? Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't ever, like, just... I don't know the worst po- that you could possibly imagine, but it wasn't great. You know, like there was just, he would go from zero to 60 in a matter of seconds. Sometimes it wasn't super often, you know, but there were things like, like, um, leading up to the wedding, we were living at his parents' house. We were trying to find a house to buy and we had, you were like, okay, we'll, we'll stay at the in-laws for a couple months, ended up turning into like four or five months or something like that. They are LDS. Yeah. I was a big marijuana user at the time. And um, so, and it like really helped me with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so I had, I had to be sneaky about that. And it just wasn't like, I couldn't relax there, you know, and he couldn't relax there by any means. And um, he actually, he had just started a new job as well as a mechanical engineer, his first job as a mechanical, mechanical engineer. Wow. So it's just a lot of pressure. And he was working, um, he was building rockets for NASA. <laughs> okay. That's a Got big, to focus. That's a lot of stress, right? Which is understandable. But he would just do things like I remember one fight that we had uh a couple days before he called off the wedding. I had been home with the kids. It was my day off. He was working and I had done some laundry and I folded the laundry, put it on folded his laundry, mind you. And put it on his side of the bed for him to just put away in his drawers when he got home. Oh, hell no. You did what? Well, (laughs) I got yelled at for not putting it in the drawers. Why did did I think that he would want to come home to clothes on his bed? 
I'm like, well, because I fucking folded your clothes. Like, say thank you, asshole. For starters. So I was pissed. I was pissed. Like, I do not. I am. We're not doing this man roles versus women's roles. Like, fuck off with that shit. I was pardon my language. No, no. Um. I yeah that was that was a big fight because I'm like you should just be grateful that I'm touching your laundry at all you know <laughs> and um he so I I think it was that fight actually that I confided in one of my cl- close guy friends at the time and this close guy friend had feelings for me he knew that I was loyal to my fiance at the time but um he also would try to he, he loved when I that I confided in him you know he, mm-hmm. he loved that and so I I said some things like oh I wish you were here I just want to talk to you I just needed comfort because this asshole who I was supposed to get married to in a week or something was being such an so rude and degrading to me you know and um so <laughs> so I I confided in him via text. My fiance found it, found oh, that went through my phone, God. found that tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, <sighs> so he felt like you know he didn't, he couldn't trust me. He what didn't know do? if he what, wanted to get married to me. What did he do when he found out? He freak out. He was yeah. I was just like, what the fuck is this? Did he threaten you know? that guy? I uh, wanted to, but and then and then he did the whole like I'm like what do I do? I didn't want to lose. He was like my best friend at the time. Um, my friend that I confided in and, and I didn't want to lose my friend, but I also was like, oh, I'm loyal to you too, fiance. So what do I do? <laughs> his you name know? is fiance. His, Amazing. Yes. His name is fiance. <laughs> Ex fiance. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I was like, ah, oh, should I just cut off I'm like, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to cut off my relationship with this guy so that you know that I'm loyal to you? And he's like, I, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but it was like, yeah, that's what I want you to do. Mm, kind that was of a subtext. Yeah. So, so I did and it broke my heart. Oh, it was so sad to lose him as a friend. And, um, but he still, even after me doing that, he's like, I just fiance, I just don't feel comfortable getting married to you. I'm like, well, what are we going to do? We have all these people flying to Hawaii for our wedding. Like, we're just going to, he's like, well, we'll just have to tell him thanks for coming, but we're not getting married. We'll still take him to dinner and whatnot, but we'll just have a vacation. (laughs) We're still going though. We're still going. Oh, God damn. Well, what are we going to do? Waste the flights and and the Airbnb, you know? I feel like that was the way to go. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it's already booked and at the time... The airlines were not as generous with their uh, no. rescheduling no. policies as they are during yeah. very good point. Corona. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we did not do that. Well, and what were we going to do? Ask all the rest of our friends and family to do that too? So we just, yeah, we just made the best of you it. You did the right thing. Thank you. You put on a brave Thanks. face. So you went to Hawaii with this guy who's no longer marrying you. Yep. You put on a brave face. You yep. partied. You yep. had a good time. Uh, what did you tell? Uh, okay, that's strong words. Good time. Yeah. But you told people. How did that hit the crowd? Did you say? Was there a, an announcement like out of mic? Um, we're actually not getting married. What did you do? We started. We started telling people like leading up to it. I like mean, I think I think everybody knew before we took off for Hawaii. Oh my god! So I think he called it off on a Friday. And we left on a Sunday. Oh, my so God. So between Friday and Sunday, we started telling everybody. So my three, four <laughs> days before everyone's going to see you, 
we're actually not getting married, but right. let's, let's have a good time. Right. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Those are awkward conversations. So awkward. Yeah. I, awkward flight with this guy. I think I, so my, my best friend, um, cute Maisie. Oh, oh. she came with us. And I think I didn't get to her until we were at there. She flew over on the same flight oh. as us. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're not getting married, but it's like, cool. Glad you're here. Yeah, like we have something to tell you. And we're both just Here's like. There's a drink ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, we're not getting married. And she's like, oh. But you're still my best friend. Okay. I got to go okay. back to my seat. I got to go yeah. back to my seat, but I'll see you when we yeah. land, okay? <laughs> I love you. Thanks for being here. I love you. I'm about to lose my mind. Poor Maisie's in the middle seat of like, you know, the one of the aisles of yeah. five. She's <laughs> naturally, of course. She's very, she has this really great calm energy. So she just is like, oh, okay. Awesome. Well, uh, we're going to have a great time anyway. You know, she was her. so good about That's it. That's got to be the most so socially awkward it. stories I've ever heard in my life. But 100%. you pull it off with, with grace, poise, and dignity, yeah. it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. Now, speaking of dignity, I want to circle back to how okay. you met Eric, okay. uh, your current boyfriend, okay. at this uh, breathing uh, seminar. Yeah. W- jump right in. There's a women's breathing seminar. Women's breathwork retreat. So Breathwork so, retreat. Yeah. I'm sorry. Breathing is a... It's okay. That's, that's I don't know why I keep it. correcting you. It's not that big of a deal. It's very rude. Yeah. It's a big deal. Make sure he gets it right. Don't let him off the hook. Okay. So, wiggle room and it's over. So... So me and ex fiance, we don't we don't go to Hawaii to we don't get married anyway in Hawaii. The next year we 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 decided to you know see how it goes. We're still gonna be together. We'll see how it goes over the next few months, you know. And we we made plans to get married the following September, and then that ended up not our relationship was just like like roller coaster. And then it was like nope, we're not getting married at all. And so we finally break up. Finally. Ugh, <sighs> that's a story in and of itself, but we won't go down that right now. So we break up. Um, I move into my own apartment for the first time ever in my adult life that I you. have. How old are yeah, you at this point? I um, am 32. Independent 32-year-old Sarah. 32. You. Your own place. Yeah. Folding your own laundry. Paying no, your own rent. 32, 33. I don't know. Yeah. So, so... I'm feeling it's scary for me. Yeah. I've got two kids. I'm oh, officially God. a single mom. That you know? mom, yeah, yeah, and and I'm also coming into this like you know what, kind of feels good. Feels good to be independent and to be able to just take care of myself. And but I but I also quit Garrett Michael around the same time that he and I broke up. Oof. So I'm I'm got my first apartment by myself, paying rent by myself, independent barber making house calls so i'm like generating my own income you know trying to raise these kids managing my emotions from the breakup and i really last year just found myself and i'm like i got this you know i i am strong i can i don't need a man you know and (laughs) in fact i think i remember you're telling me all this at the haircut yeah (laughs) and and i was like um you're chopping you're chopping me and you're like i don't need a man i'm strong (laughs) hair's piling around my ankles i'm like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't you worry i'm just edward scissor handing over here as i'm talking (laughs) it was was, i love empowerment i love it i love to see it i was nervous but i loved it so i think i had a conversation with my stepmom like three days before i met eric where i was like 
I'm feeling so good. I'm doing all these retreats. I'm going into this women's breathwork retreat. I'm here to support these women and, um, and myself, my own spiritual growth, you know, <sighs> and I'm loving this single life. I'm, I'm, I don't, I feel like I would be good not dating seriously until my kids are out of the house. Like I'm solid. I feel good. So I go to this retreat who was put on by this lovely woman, my friend, and um, she's has a cabin down in Spanish Fork Canyon. And I'm driving down there with her. And on the way down there, she tells me, I, I decided last minute that there needed to be some masculine energy there to support these women. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So we like, have a Chippendales dance. <laughs> Farrah, oh my God. <laughs> Got some thunder from down under. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> Masculine energy. Masculine energy to support the women there. And she invited really great guys, guys who were like doing the dishes. And, and one of the guys made jewelry to bring for the women to, to just have here. Women can pick out some art and some jewelry, you know, it was really sweet. So, um, so I am going just in the mind frame of my own growth, you know, and helping these other women grow as well and whatever healing they need. And I even brought my cousin down there um, with me. And um, Eric. <laughs> this is so funny. This is so <laughs> One of the masculine energies in, in the place. One of the masculine energies that she invited. So so this woman knew me separately from and knew Eric separately. For, for I think she met us kind of around the same time. And then, but, you know, separately. And I think she was kind of thinking like, oh, these two are single and, mm, mm, okay. Matchmaker, make me a match. <laughs> find me a find. Catch me and catch oh, yeah, Very nice. Wow, we're a trio. <laughs> we have a future. All right. Um, so, yeah, and she ended up saying later, like, all I needed to do was put you guys in the same vicinity. And, like, she didn't even introduce us. She just was like, hey, Eric, come Their here. energies will align. Yeah, yeah Much like planets yeah. on a full moon. So, okay. So, we <laughs> do we go into the well the, we're there to do like cacao uh, cacao ceremony and uh -huh. and breath work and she leads us through a uh, an hour long breath work meditation nice. basically. And she had told me about some things that can happen um during these breathing. So you're doing really deep heavy breathing, right? So you're over oxygenating your body and what can happen sometimes is you, your body can go into tetany where like your hands cramp up yeah. like this carpal and then, pulse. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're hyperventilating. So, and it's like you have no control over your hands. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking down like, but I don't know what is happening here now with my point, hands. Sort of puts but you into a hyperventilated state. Yeah. It's really good for your body. Um, and it, you're kind of like getting high on your own supply kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, so, but y she talked about, I heard her say something about like rebirth that can happen, which I think is just like an energetic rebirth. And I didn't know what she meant until I experienced it. And I, <laughs> I get into this really deep kind of meditative state and I just, I'm feeling loose and trancy and, um, I start um, just kind of going into like, I felt like I had this collective energy 
running through my body that needed to be released. And so I was feeling it like in my hips and I just needed to, I let my body move the way that it wanted to move. And, um, at one point I was on all fours and I'm like, (laughs) like banging on the floor and screaming sometimes. And like, it was like, I was giving energetic birth almost. It was really quite interesting. And I, in my head, my logical brain is like, what are you doing? You know? But I also was just like, just shut up and just let your body do what it needs to do. This is healing, I guess. This is what healing looks like, <laughs> this you know? Is happening. Yeah. And cute Eric is one of the guys that's walking around. He has like a mini djembe. It's a little African drum. Just beating the <laughs> drum, walking around very calmly. I think he actually started out laying down, breathing with us. And then, um, and mind you, we hadn't spoken up to this point at all. I think I had said, hi, Eric, as he was walking through the door kind of thing. And, but... Um, hadn't spoken at this point. Um, and so he, he was not feeling it. He was just like, Oh, this, this one isn't for me. So he gets up, but he wants to contribute still. So he decides to start, you know, kind of holding the space by, um, banging on the drum. And, and, um, I was like dripping sweat. I'm like breathing heavy. I'm, I'm like feeling depleted. I honestly felt like it was very much like giving birth. Um, wow. like that type of energy ex- output expenditure. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> my cute friend who put on the retreat would come over to me and like, bring me some water and, um, and like wipe it on my forehead. You know, <laughs> <And> <laughs> you sound disgusting. It, no, it was, it was really great. <laughs> it was really, really great. But it, it was also like, like, here's this guy that I don't know, and he sees me in the most, like, vulnerable position that you can be in besides actually giving birth or having sex. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, really vulnerable state. Afterwards, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> can I have a cigarette? What just happened? Yeah. And, like, I need, I need weed. I need food. I need water. Like, fuck. So, and, and I honestly felt like I was mostly there to support these women. But at that time I was like, I can't support you. I'm wrecked. And so I need to be by myself. I went outside to smoke and to journal and I ended up drawing this. I wrote a couple things, like two sentences and it was like, uh, something like, remember that everything happens for a reason. Um, I can't even remember what the second thing was. I'm sure it was profound. Um, Undoubtedly. So. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, but I ended up drawing this figure that just was like that represented the masculine and feminine energies combining. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. <sighs> now I need to go eat. So I go inside and everybody's just kind of eating and chatting, socializing. And I'm like loading up my plate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about any of this shit. Yeah. I just wanna, like uh, nobody talked to me. I'm in my zone. And I need to just, uh, and, um, but then Eric is over in the corner and he had had a, a total wardrobe change. I think <laughs> during the meditation, he was in just like polka dot pajamas. The perfect man. And then, and then I come in, now he's dressed for, <laughs> for, I don't know what I come in and he's wearing turquoise women's pants, <laughs> turquoise shirt turquoise heart glasses oh elton john style doing the dishes oh dream man dream man i'm like who are you doing the dishes (laughs) you just shook you just shuddered physically (laughs) at the recollection of this i was very moved by this sight i'm like who see who is this man you know and this turquoise man yeah 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, it, and he's kind of like, uh, he started puppy dogging me a little bit while I'm trying to eat, you know. And so part of me was like, "What are you doing?" You know, kind of. My favorite, uh. my favorite story, part of the story is he he, he said he told me this hmm. when you were cutting my hair. He mm-hmm. said. He said he sat near you and was watching you eat yeah. like a dog. He was like, I love watching you eat. Yeah, he did. He was like, <laughs> what he's like, you, because I, mind you, I'm starving. So I'm shoveling it in my mouth and I'm really enjoying this food. And he's like, it is really entertaining to watch you eat right now. I'm so enjoying this. Good like, shot, I'm dude. loving, I'm loving watching you love this, you know? And <laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> like, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, dude. Yeah, but I was also kind of like flattered, you know. <laughs> wow, he likes to watch me gorge myself. I feel comfortable around him. Yeah, he's, he's seen disgusted. me quadruped. He's seen me <laughs> shoveling food in exactly. my mouth. Exactly. And he still likes and me. And he still likes me. He still wants. To, he's still like attracted to me or something. I don't know. I, there's <laughs> definitely this just like as soon as I open myself up to him, because um, I was kind of blocking him first. Like I, I don't need a man mentality still, you know. <laughs> but then. But then he just kept like opening up these little uh, passageways into my heart. You know? <laughs> <Whoa! Yeah. laughs> For the second time in an interview. <laughs> We're not that kind of show. <laughs> well, you cut that bullshit out. That was pretty corny. Uh, no, that's adorable. It's adorable. 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 It so was adorable. Not only has, has uh, you know, sort of all the, 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 the psychedelic culture and breathwork culture gotten yeah. you, you know, a boyfriend. Yeah. That you're still with to this day, but... Mm-hmm. You were in a gnarly car wreck. It was. It was a few days. You know, I had two, three haircuts from you last year during Rona. Mm-hmm. And it was merely like two or three days after you gave me a haircut that you oh, that's right. almost fucking died. I almost died. Tell us about that and tell us how the psychedelics and uh, these drugs have helped your healing process. Mm, yes. Soapbox time. Okay. Do it. <laughs> so... um. Yeah, it was it was honestly one of these things that I felt like when you go through something like that, when you get hit, I was hit going. I was probably going 75 miles an hour. I was hit on the freeway by a 16 year old girl who um, tried to pass me on my right side overcorrected. She was probably going 90 or more, honestly. Um, She overcorrected her back end up back end of her car ended up, you know, side swiping me. Going up onto my the hood of my car, we ended up hitting a barrier, which is what popped the airbags that broke my ribs. I broke four ribs, punctured a lung. She was fucked up. I saw it. I, yeah. I couldn't believe what happened to you. Yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. Punctured a lung. What else? Punctured a lung. Um, that that was it. I mean, oh that yeah, was, that, that, was was all. <laughs> that was all. Oh, this is dramatic. Oh fuck this. Let's go to a different bruises. segment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's just skip ahead. Actually, we gotta. We're out of time. <laughs> I want to interview people who've gotten really hurt. <laughs> Super hurt. Yeah. Uh, well, I had a scary moment. And so this cute guy who witnessed the wreck. I love he, watching you eat and get wrecked. He said. <laughs> you were eating in the car before this happened. No, though, so. I was not. So. No, that's what you do. <laughs> Jason Hackney drive with my both knees while I'm scarfing down a five-course meal. <laughs> Everyone's a critic. All Everyone right, so. does. <laughs> 
some people do that that's normal right if you have one of those cars that kind of drives for you like <laughs> dude this, the you road know. feels me, not me right. feeling the road. He does not have the Knight Rider car. This is not Kit <laughs> self-driving. Okay. This is his Toyota Tacoma. Okay. Mad Max. Okay. Yeah, it's oh, Mad Max okay. driving itself because all those cars were self-drive vehicles. Yeah. Never mind. Let's get back to this. Anyway. So you're in the car wreck. You anyway. got the I'm punctured the ribs. Wreck. This cute guy who pulls me, he helped pull me out of my car. He pull, oh. pull, saw the wreck, pulled over, and he's like, can I help you get out of your car? So he lets me sit in the back of his car while we're oh. waiting for the ambulance. Was a 16-year-old girl okay? She was totally fine. We actually have the, the accident on you camera. You showed me the footage. Yeah. It is nuts. There was a semi-truck driver who was behind me who caught the whole thing on his dash cam and he sent the camera or the video over to the cops you know so i i eventually got it and watched watched my car accident <laughs> like a month after it happened thousand times on slow replay That's oh yeah gnarly yeah it was super gnarly but in the video you can see her she ended up flipping over the barrier i think she rolled two times God, landed she, upside down she okay? and you see her climb right on out of the car it's the craziest thing and like she was fine i think she hit her head um but ultimately totally and 16 fine. year olds made yeah. of rubber so yeah. whilst you have a punctured lung and i have a punctured lung and in the back of this guy's car i start having this like metallic -y taste in my mouth and uh. i'm like shit am i bleeding internally i'm not gonna panic everything's gonna be fine i'm fine and i actually start like because i had gotten breath work. breath work breath work i started breathing yeah and I I just I felt like there was a time you know waiting for the ambulance like I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw up I'm going to pass out like I don't something's wrong and I didn't know what was wrong you don't know you mm. just know like like you're in total shock it's a blunt trauma all yeah. over too shock you're just blinking uh, the next day well two two or three days after the accident was probably I hurt worse that day than the mm. actual accident day because your body my whole body yeah, the adrenaline's gone. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, I, I felt, I'm like, this is what it feels like to have been hit by a train. This has got to be what it feels like. That I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed by myself. I It hurt to breathe, you know. I. Anyway, well, okay, so going back to my experience in the hospital and the drugs that they tried mm -hmm. to give me. So they're, they, the nurse is so sweet. She's trying to help me not be in pain, you know, but I'm refusing morphine. I told them I don't want any narcotics right. i don't want any opiates you're recovering i have a history of this right. and i don't want to go down that path again i know my limits don't give me anything like that that's your right she's like honey i'm just i can tell you're in pain you know can uh, i'm trying they gave me like tylenol or whatever intravenously and i'm like that was fun thanks <laughs> Didn't like let's you. try something else you know is there anything else you can give me she finally was like oh we could try ketamine i'm like Fuck, you should have led with that. Yeah, ketamine. let's do ketamine. Explain to the listeners who don't know ketamine. Okay, so... Oh, man. I'm not going to explain it the scientific way, you know. It's, it's all right. Ketamine is a... Um, it's a... Analgesic? No, it's an anti... Nope, it's a... Anesthetic, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. They use it in the military. Right. Um, and, but it's like, it's not addictive. What's it from? Right? Is it derived from something? Is it from a plant? It's a horse tranquilizer. And I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. You guys do your research on ketamine. All right, ketamine. Yeah. <laughs> You're on your own, listeners. Pharaoh's on. But it's, oh, so, but so it's, they, non it's a, it's a non-addictive alternative okay, so for pain. 
Yeah. And I, I, to be honest, had had tried ketamine in a party setting before more and, and I more rec- recreationally and I, and I, I like it. There's, um, and <laughs> there's such thing as doing too much. It's a horse tranquilizer, you mm-hmm. know, like just anyway, but having it intravenously for pain was the best thing I could have asked for at that moment. I was so, I was in so much pain and angry because I'm sitting there in the ER with no nothing for pain, and uh, up until that point, and uh, it, I hear from the police officer that this little girl that just hit me is trying to say that it was my fault, and I have the that girl. She was trying to say it was your yeah, fault. Yeah, oh. yeah, and so I, I and I was feeling bad for. I'm asking the cops like, is she okay? Like she didn't bank on the semi trucker footage, right? <laughs> So, so I'm feeling bad for her up until that point. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me, little girl. <sighs> so, um, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm in pain and I can't even like straighten my body out until they gave me the ketamine. Uh, and which, I finally, which by the by, oh, yeah, according to it. WebMD, ketamine works like a flash mob temporarily taking over a certain chemical receptor in some cases and with expert medical care that could be a good thing but cross the line blah 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 yeah but it's basically um used for anesthesia like Mm -hmm. you said Mm -hmm. and it puts uh, people into their um trance-like state yes very um, trancy does bring people back from the depths of depression as well. Mm-hmm. They're doing cl- all wow. sorts of clinical trials and studies now. Uh, there are ketamine clinics actually. Well, and that wasn't your first rodeo with trance like states. No, you were fine. Right. And so I was actually like, like I felt like home. I'm like, Oh, thank you for giving this. <laughs> Country roads, ketamine <laughs> takes me home. Yeah. And so I, I had a, a friend in the, in the ER with me and, and they, they told me, you know, we're going to have to transfer you up to McKady. I was at the Layton Hospital. Mm-hmm. They had to transfer me up to McKady because Layton didn't have a trauma unit. And because I had punctured a lung, <sighs> I had an air bubble that oh. was just chilling there. And I possibly needed to have a chest tube put in oh. to relieve the air yeah, that had escaped. And so, will kill you, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. So I'm like... <sighs> Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna panic. I could possibly just need a chest tube, and then I'm gonna be fine. You know, I'm trying not to panic. I'm trying not to be pissed. I'm trying to change my frame of mind in this crazy state. You know, and ketamine just let me <sighs> relax. I could breathe again. I could. I could think straight. I'm like, okay. And I had this. <laughs> they gave it to me, and it started to take effect. And I had a couple friends in there with me. That's a story too, but we won't get into that. Um, and I, they're like, okay, what do you need? And I said, can you kill the lights? Can you just kill the lights? <laughs> and, and I need music. Can you play Aww. some music for me? And so I just laid back and I had them hold my hands on either side of the bed. Oh, and sweet. I'm like, just breathing. I'm like, I just need quiet. I just need music and I need to think. And then they wheeled me into the, uh, ambulance and the, the EMT in there was so cute. He's like, Okay, what do you need? Do you do you want to talk? Do you want quiet? I'm like, can you please kill the lights and let's not talk. And music, <laughs> please. And it was just silent and from Leighton to, to Ogden, you know, and um, and but I had this moment of just s- serenity come over where I'm like, I had this acceptance 
moment. This is this is my state. I was in a car accident. I'm alive. I'm going to survive. I'm going to be fine. Something good is going to come out of this. And my whole frame of mind just shifted. And I was like, okay, bam, I'm in healing mode now. Wow. Did so, ca- did, and did cannabis in your everyday life help your pain in the weeks of Yeah. So, so I took like gabapentin, which is a nerve... Um, calmer downer i don't know what it is i believe that it, is it relieves term. yeah is so i took that but it's not it's not a narcotic or anything like that it's not it helps a little bit with the pain but i was mostly like i had some great friends oh thank you so much for this who made me some cannabis infused um I think they were peanut butter, chocolate, graham crackers. <laughs> the way grandma used to make. Yeah. Like homemade. The LVS like a, grandma. A pile of them. Yeah. <laughs> cannabis and all. A pile of them. So between, it hurt to smoke, right? Because I had a punctured lung. And yeah, I'm, you probably should let that lung heal yeah, before exactly. you put anything in it. <laughs> so yeah. I was just eating the edibles for like two solid weeks. And that's all I did for pain. And No, I, was, I mean, I did send you indigo vibes. You did. Oh, I did remember the indigo story. Real quick story. Real, yeah. real, real, real quick. Um, I had a near fatal ice climbing fall between 60 and 70 feet uh, up in the Canadian Rockies. And, you know, as I kind of you know, crawl my way back to, you know, the hostel sort of thing, there was this hippie chick who was staying at the hostel and <laughs> she came in. I can, I, I, I'm near death. I'm, I'm laying in my bunk. I know I'm going to be okay more or less, but I think my back is broken. And she pokes her head in. She says, I heard what happened. And she sort of ethereally floats over to me. It's like <laughs> her feet never touched the ground when I she walked. I love that part of the me. story. <laughs> and she said, may I do Reiki on you? And I look at her. Hell yeah. And she was so genuine. I'm like, yeah, you can do Reiki on me. She's like, I own a Reiki clinic in Edmonton, you see. She spoke mm. very gently. And she mounts up on me <laughs> and starts doing like, like an hour of Reiki work. Like wow. hovering her hands over me and closing her eyes and vibrating and breathing, sending all this energy. And I'm laying there like, holy shit. You know, she flips me over. She's like on top of me, all this stuff. And I remember it was very comforting to have someone trying to take care of me. Totally. But as she was working on Reiki, Reiki-ing me, she yeah. says, I want you to think of the color indigo. <laughs> I say indigo. She says indigo. <laughs> You see, indigo has many healing properties. Many research studies have proven that indigo helps heal. Mm. So think of indigo seeping into your bloodstream, absorbing into your muscles, drizzling down through every inch of your body. Indigo. I'm like, Mm. indigo. She's like, indigo. (laughs) And I'm like, ah. A few days later when I can move enough to drive from Alberta to Utah with her. With Wait, a, you drove back down? Yeah, that's how I got there. Breaking, oh my God. Uh, you got to grit it out. As Dang. I'm packing up my truck very stiffly and awkwardly, oh my she again floats over to me. She says, may I send you Reiki? I said, yeah, you can send me Reiki. I just look at her like, wow, you're so intense. I'm like, yeah, here's my email. She's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, can I send you? And she motions to her heart, heart. and mind. Yeah. And, you know, may I send you Reiki vibes? Energetically. I need yes. your consent, you see. Yeah. That's and I thing. look at her. Yeah, you can send me Reiki. Love that. She's like, I will send you indigo. And I'm like, indigo? She's like, indigo. <laughs> and you said you've, you've had this and, indigo pop in your and mind she randomly, says, right? Every once in a while, she's like, if you ever think of the color indigo, that's me, you see. <laughs> and every once in a while, at a random interval, for so no goddamn reason. Indigo comes to my mind. For the record, indigo is the color of denim jeans, old Wrangler denim jeans. 
a color derived from India, indigo. Mm-hmm. And after you got hurt, I sent you a color swap text of indigo. Yeah, and I. But did you get her permission? <laughs> oh God, consent is a huge issue nowadays. You're right. Shit. I think you enthusiastic you, consent. You knew that my subconscious was. You're open. Accepting. To I was open to it. Yeah, and I, in fact, as I, I remember. I remember thinking about that story as I'm healing, and I th- I did have thoughts of indigo, indigo as I was healing. That was indigo. me sending it to you via her from Alberta. Yeah, exactly. Damn. I love that. You the helped me heal, Jason. The power of thought. I credit myself entirely, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> before we go, before we let you yes. go, yeah. I want your number one, because I know you have one, Shit. craziest haircutting story. Craziest haircut. Craziest haircut I've done? Yes. Like what happened? Oh, uh, there's a couple Jason of them. Jason Hackney walked into my house. <laughs> <laughs> After two years of... That's of, crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. What is your Let's wildest see. story? Because, you know, you, I always think of, you know, there's, there's a confidants of society. Priests, uh, hairstylists, bartenders. Yeah. You hear it all. You've seen it all. So what's one of your craziest haircut stories? I don't know, man. I, uh, let's see there's I mean I have a story of it's not super exciting but I did have a guy I'll I'll tell a couple um I had a guy at at sport clips actually who he came in with um a strip of hair like kind of shorter down the it looked like you know a a runway it was a like reverse mohawk right like a roach so it was like like two inches or like an inch of hair down the middle, the strip down the middle, all the way down the back with like a couple more inches up on the side. So I thought that he, like someone had taken clippers and like buzzed it down the middle of his head. Like Runnels. And he was coming in. Yeah. So I was, I thought that he was coming in for me to fix his hair. And so I sit him down (laughs) and do the consultation. And he's, I'm like, Hey, what are we doing today? And he's like, I basically want the same thing, just shorter. I'm like, so he's like, it's a reverse mohawk. I'm like, and you were thinking, I uh, thought you were coming in for me to fix this. Right, <laughs> I'm right. Bound by ethical codes, I right. cannot make. Um, I cannot help you, sir. Yeah. I'm, so I'm like, are you sure? Can I talk you into like, are you open to other possibilities? No, this is what he wanted. My friends say that it's not going to help me get a job, but I like it. And I'm like, please just don't tell anyone that I cut your hair. Okay? <laughs> don't put my name <laughs> <Yeah>. to this. <laughs> Go down and so did you do it? I did it. What did you do? I just made it shorter. I, I was, it was quick. I'm like, I can't even believe I'm mortified by this, that I'm even doing this right now. I love that. He's all my friends say it won't help me get a job. So right. other people right. have told you, I've told this him. is a bad idea. Yes. And I, a professional am telling you that this is a bad idea. idea. Yeah. But you're so going to do it anyway. Where, I mean, I think you should have asked him more questions. Like, where did you get this idea? Yeah. Exactly. What do you like? about? So you like your head looking like a butt. Yeah, pretty much. This is basically what I'm getting from pretty the story. Pretty much. It was it was not great. Yeah. I did have Oh man, let's see. It, men do just kind of, I become a safe place for them, sure. you know. So I become a lot of guys therapist. I've had clients tell me that, you know, you're my therapist, right? And I'm like, it's well, like yeah, Floyd's you barbershop. Sh- so you should tip me it's more. Like, it's like yeah. Andy Griffith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like we're all the, you know, or or barbershop. I mean, there's a great yeah. I'm trying. Oh my, I'm feeling really terrible right now. Why? Because um, there I saw this play in London, 
and I want to say it was called Barbershop, but I don't think that's correct. Or the Barbershop Chronicles or something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. But it was about a barbershop in Nigeria and then I think one in Brooklyn. And it was about how these people, these men congregate there and all the bonding that goes on at barbershops. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. you're saying to me makes total sense. Yeah. You know, it, do you ever have people that just kind of come hang out or there, or um, you say, well, it's going to be an hour wait. And they're like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah. They, they love it. They love just being in the environment. It's a little different with COVID right now. We have Ugh. to, you know, like it can't be too many people in the waiting area, but, but what do we, they tell you? What are some of the things that they've opened up with? Oh man, I got it. There's client confidentiality. Oh, sure. You know? It's more sacred than the yeah. lawyer, uh, client, you know, it the, is. attorney client privilege. It oh. is. Dare you, sir, ask <laughs> such a question. I've tried on hallowed ground and yeah. I'm remiss. Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> there, well, this is, this is a little plug for my shop actually, but there's, um, plug away. So these guys, I have guys that the, have been the with barber me. The barbershop, not, not, never mind. Right. Damn it, Pharaoh. Moving on. So, <laughs> um, the Garrett Michael has a really great option for my guys who are used to the one-on-one exclusivity of having me come to their house for house call clients or haircuts, you know, she's added a VIP room. So it's like a single station. We have five, five chairs on the floor, but then, you know, there's a single station room that you can close the door and my clients who've been with me for three, four, five years, we can just speak freely, you know, and it does become kind of therapy session in there, you know? So that's a, they have their own private like VIP entrance and we got jazz music playing in the background for them. Candles lit for them. But can I get you some coffee or some water? Yeah. You get the whole treatment. See, we should have done the show in the VIP room. In the VIP room. (laughs) And then then we have like, oh, we could have got a wireless mic for her. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Live time. Like, you could hear the shears cutting through hair. Delicious. Oh, man. Yes. But at Spark Clips, you give me the hot towel treatment, a massage. It was like, oh, I must be pampered. I must be pampered. It's that times 10 at Garrett Michael because I mean at, at sport clips we couldn't do the straight razor that was Ugh. one of the biggest reasons I wanted to be you, a barber in sweet, the first place Sweeney is, Todd me yeah I want to Sweeney Todd everybody no because <laughs> I <laughs> I wanted to learn the art of shaving like we talked about yeah so you do a lot of straight razor now still um I mostly do beard trims versus straight full blown straight razor shaves you know but because of the mask stuff or? no Okay. No, because we're told if if the mask interferes with the service, we can remove the mask. So so we remove the mask for the beard trims. Sure. And uh, I keep my mask on, obviously. But um, yeah, I I love I love shaving. It's you are, you it's you really, are pa- she's lighting up. I listeners. love it so she much. She is passionate about. Beards. I am passionate about barbering. I really am. Uh, I, you I, are, and that's honestly that's why I've stuck with you all these yeah. years. Yeah, you're wonderful, Sarah Dean. Thank you. I'm so glad. You joined us. You opened up about a lot of stuff. I did. You 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 took yep. us to to some of the, your 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 highs, your lows, <laughs> your in betweens. Yeah. But just like Eric, uh, seeing you on all fours and bird dog, uh, <laughs> uh, in 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 uh, speaking in tongues. Yes. I appreciate your vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you for having me on the show. It's uh, been really fun. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Of course, of uh, course. I'm and that's the news. From Salt Lake City, where the snow is usually powder, the guests are always amazing. Yeah. And Hack Attack and Pharaoh are going to catch you in episode five. Absolutely. Peace can out. I, Thanks, can I tell everybody my Instagram name? Yeah. Please. The Butterfly Barber. 
at Butterfly at, Barber. It's actually the dot Butterfly Barber. She's the, a great stylist. Yeah. The, the dot, dot butterfly, butterfly Barber. Barber. Find her on yes. Instagram. Yes. She cuts a mean head of hair. She's bubbly. She's fun. <laughs> and she's damn good at what she does. Thank you. Please remember to follow us, the Hack yes. Attack and Pharaoh, on Instagram. At Hack Attack and Pharaoh podcast. That's F-A-R-O. Yes. Not Egyptian, though it sounds just as cool. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. Thanks, girl. Thank you. Latest. Thank <laughs> you.